Hi, this is Matt Stagliano, and thanks for being part of the Artist Forge. We're a community of creatives who help each other think like an artist by discussing creativity as a process instead of a skill or a talent. We believe everyone has what it takes to create something amazing, we just need some encouragement and inspiration along the way. What you're about to hear is a live recording of one of our daily discussions on the Clubhouse app. If you like what you hear, I encourage you to join our private Facebook group or visit us on the web at theartistforge.com. Now on to the show. Good morning and welcome to Morning Walk with the Artist Forge. My name is Nicole York. I am your host. And yesterday we chatted about our wins. We wanted to start the week off strong and get all those good vibes flowing, figure out how everybody is moving forward in their lives and their business and their art and see if we could deconstruct a little bit of it and see if we wanted to have some of those same wins, what would we have to do? And today I'm ruining it all. <laughs> today we're gonna talk about what's not, win what's not winning, where we're not winning, what we're struggling with. Um, we wanna see those contrasts. Take a little of what we learned yesterday and see if we can apply it to the areas where we're struggling. And um, ideally, I would love to keep this conversation even this conversation about areas where we're not winning a little bit more upbeat because as we saw yesterday we can have really significant wins in areas we weren't even expecting and sometimes the thing that helps us take those turns or jump those hurdles are things that we would not have known if we wouldn't have already gone there and being able to hear from one another on where we're struggling and what we think we can do to start overcoming those things could really be incredibly helpful. Number one, just for solidarity, right? I don't drink coffee anyway, so I'm doing tea, but I'm still, <laughs> I'm still there with you, Kat. Um, but knowing that we are not the only ones, right? Sometimes just knowing we're not alone and we don't have some crazy unique circumstances where the world is out to get us. <laughs> can really help just knowing this is a normal struggle. Other people go through it too. And, uh, and they have found their way out of it. And so can we. So that's going to be a little bit of the theme today. So let's chat about where we're struggling. And there's a really good chance that somebody in this room has been where you've been before, and has fought their way through and out of that. So let's look at these struggles with a mind too. Of course, being there is emotional support for one another, but how do we solve this? If this is where we're struggling, how do we weasel our way out of it, jump over these hurdles, climb that fence, whatever metaphor you want to use, and think about it from how do we come together as a group perspective? And there may be a really good chance that the thing you're struggling with, somebody in the group has resources for. If what you're struggling with is something that another person could provide help through a contact or a resource or anything like that, this is going to be a really fantastic day for that. So keep your ears open as a helper today as well, and not just as somebody who's struggling. You may have exactly the resources somebody else here today needs in order to pull themselves up out of that dark hole. So, of course, beginning with my wonderful panelists this morning. Where are our struggles today, guys? Where are we hurting? And do we have ideas on how we can get out or are we open to suggestions? Well, I'll always start. You know me. God, this is becoming a thing. Um, so it's not necessarily an art struggle, but one of the, the, the things that I've struggled with for my entire life has been body issues, body dysmorphia, weight, I'm up, I'm down, I'm like Luther Vandross, I'm big, I'm small, right? And as of late, there's been um, a lot of weight gain, not not hundreds of pounds. I'm just like, it's I'm uncomfortable, I feel things fitting the wrong way. And it all comes from, from me um, there's a couple of issues. There is the physical issue, and then there's the mental issue that's associated with it and my relationship with food. So I'm struggling with it lately because in October, I was at the lowest weight that I was at in 20 years or so. Felt great, felt amazing. 
throughout the holidays and as things started to slow down and get a little bit colder here and, you know, bookings started to reduce and I wasn't getting as much volume of clients in the studio as I'd like, it starts to affect you mentally. And for me, that manifests in a little bit of comfort food like it does for a million other people, right? This is not necessarily unique to me. However, what what is unique to me is my approach to it. And I can't seem to get past some of these old, old, old issues about body shame, about body dysmorphia. And I know it's weird hearing a guy say that, but it's what it is. How that affects me is I find myself withdrawing from friends, withdrawing from parties, withdrawing from just going out and being social and networking because of all these old weird shames that I have, right? If you looked at me in October and you looked at me now, you'd be like, there's literally no difference, but it's the way that I feel. And so the, the problem that I'm having is I get wrapped up in that rather than casting it aside. Again, it's not stopping my life from happening. This isn't a major trauma that um, is causing me instant financial problems or I'm going to lose my home or anything like that. It's just nagging. It's like this vest that I'm wearing that I can't take off. And so I think for me, when I'm not feeling good physically, it affects literally every other part of my life. And much like Kat is going through with, you know, reducing caffeine, I have to do the same thing. I know I consume things that are not good for me. And then yet I wind up in this spot and I can't understand why I keep doing this over and over. So what it comes down to is habits and patterns and repeating these old patterns over and over. I'm reading Atomic Habits. I've read Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. I've done all the self-help books. Why is it, Nicole, and or panel, and or audience, that we fall into this old pattern that we know isn't good for us, that we know doesn't make us feel good, but still winds up being that albatross around our neck? And you can, you can supplant my weight with money issues. You can do it with, you know, uh, networking or anxiety. Everybody has their own feel for it. But for me, that's the one thing that really affects my entire world. And I'd love to get to the level of a Terry Ledgerwood body positivity, body love thing. I just can't seem to get there. I'm looking for any tips or advice in there from anybody in the crowd. And uh, maybe that'll be the key that I need. First, Matt, thank you so much for sharing that because I know probably all of us have been in those exact same shoes. Um, I know I am absolutely right now. COVID definitely affected affected my my weight in a lot of ways, um, and so I'm I'm there with you. And I think it's not something we often get the privilege of hearing enough men speak about. I think it's just this assumption that men are already confident and so they don't need to talk about those kinds of things. And so um, it's a really vulnerable place to be and I appreciate that so much. And for one single perspective on this, which I was thinking about for myself as you were describing your situation, is it's a, it's a, it's a form of self-medication in a way. We must be getting something from it, right? not from the weight itself, but from the process that's taking us there. We're either using it to cope, using that food, using not going anywhere, using those things as a way to cope with something um, that we are either don't realize is going on or we're not facing. And this is, of course, only one potential issue or maybe just one of the contributing factors. But I know for me, a big part of the happiness in my life comes from being able to go out and do things, from being around people. And a lot of that has been taken from me. And I am replacing a lot of those things with comfort food, with having a snack, with having some sugar, with picking up a goodie, because it just makes me feel good in the moment. It's a little rush of, you know, endorphins and other, you know, feel good chemicals that I need because I'm not getting them somewhere else. And I can contrast this really sharply against, 
I know I've mentioned this before several times, but again, when we were living in Colorado Springs, we were really close to the local climbing gym, which meant it literally took me four minutes to drive from my front door to the gym. So I was able to get there really quickly. And at that time, I had cut out almost all grains and a whole bunch of sugar. And I was probably the healthiest I had been since having my kiddos, but it was because I was getting all those things I needed in some other area. I was getting the connection with people I needed by being there together at the gym. I was getting that movement and that exercise and feeling my body feel good meant I didn't have to go looking for that feeling in other places. And so what my question to you would be is, is there something that you're running away from a little bit, either something that you're, you know, maybe you haven't dived into yet or otherwise that having that comfort food or those relaxing mornings where you didn't get up and exercise is helping you hide from. Because if there was no positive feedback from that, aside from just the chemical feedback of, ooh, you know, sugar is exciting to our brain, chances are you wouldn't be doing it. So something good or helpful or rewarding is coming to you somewhere, um, whether that's hiding from it or something else you're getting. And maybe that's something worth diving into to see. I mean, Jonas has mentioned this in the past, right? Often we have some need that's not being met and we're trying to fill it with something else. I wonder if that's maybe the case at all. Yeah. You know, I don't think, um, I, <laughs> I don't think there's enough time on this clubhouse for me to explain all the issues that tie into this um, because there are a lot and I've mapped them all out and I know exactly where they are and not to dodge the question at all. But, you know, we don't need to make this all about me and, and my body shame. But I think for me, one of the things that that keeps coming up is, yes, I know there are certain things that I need to do for my particular health situation to keep me performing optimally in my job with mental clarity, with, you know, um, compassion and empathy for others, and really just being an engaging person. I know what I need to do to perform optimally. There's a big other side of me that's just like, well, shit, it hasn't killed you yet. Might as well just enjoy life a little bit. And so there's that part of me that's like, you know, you can't live your life so rigid and so controlled that you rob yourself of any joy. And it's this struggle back and forth between wanting to be the best version of myself that I can be, not only for me and everybody around me, but I'm also trying not to do it so much that I feel like I'm working 24-7. So for me, it's finding that balance. It's I know exactly why I'm doing the things that I'm doing. I can't seem to break the pattern. So obviously, there's something I'm missing. And it's just, you know, I wanted to put that out there because no matter how hard we try or how much we know about how we need to solve the problems in front of us, a lot of times we just kind of fall back into these old habits. And for me, I know the way that I'm dealing with it now is the recognition of it and saying, all right, this is something that needs to be addressed. It's not going to be solved overnight. So what are the small steps that you can take every day to move towards being a better person? For me, it is reducing caffeine intake. It's reducing sugar intake. If I cut it all out at once, my body will go into shock. So it's a step-down process to get to the starting line. From that starting line, it's moving forward with you know ease and grace and step-by-step. Step. Then over the long term, I'll see the results of it. I just don't know why I keep starting up at the starting line over and over and over again. So, you know, that's my approach to it. Again, it's something I struggle with. It's not a something that's going to stop me from doing anything, um, but it is a struggle and it's a pattern that keeps repeating. So that's uh, that's what I'm dealing with today. Here, yes, loud and clear. And so for those of us who find ourselves in similar situations, as you said at the beginning, Matt, it doesn't necessarily have to do anything to do with weight, right? It could be just those unhelpful patterns we know we fall into. How do we get out of those? I really like your approach to kind of gentle steps downward, giving yourself grace along the way and recognizing that this is a long-term thing, right? Like you're not gonna see the results of slowly lowering your caffeine tomorrow. You might start to see them in a month, right? Like those things are, are kind of iterative. We have to take them one little bit at a time. And so, 
that's always a really fantastic approach and being okay with the fact that this is a long-term game. And that's, I think the hardest part for most of us is we need to see some kind of result right away in order to maintain that motivation to move forward. And we have to be okay with the fact that sometimes those results are going to be hidden for a little while. Likely your body is seeing them even when you can't see the effects right away. So getting yourself into that mindset, I think is a really fantastic approach. And then also I know for me, um, one of the biggest things that is able to keep me into those healthy patterns of thought and habit is kind of, we've talked about systems and rules and habits and all those things, but it is kind of making some rules around things. Um, like I can only have a cup of tea if I'm doing this or that, like I'm, I'm going to be writing, I can have a cup of tea. If I'm, you know, on the weekends with my husband in the morning, I can have a cup of tea. It's because I put honey in my tea. People put a good amount of honey in my tea. <laughs> I like it. Um, but so maybe if there, and I know that for other cultures, um, there are often rules around these kinds of things. Like when you, uh, when you can have sweets, right? Um, it's an, it's an after dinner thing and it's a small amount or when you can do other things. So I wonder how many of us would really be helped by looking at those habits that are fine in moderation, but once we take them too far, they start to be unhelpful. Can we build in some set of rules or obligations or restrictions connected to those that we can follow every time that will help us relegate those things to places that they should be instead of kind of swarming to take over our whole lives? I'm just going to assume everybody agrees with me. <laughs> I do agree with you. I'm talking to a mute button again. Yes, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And that's all I have to say. Can I say something about body positivity of before course. we move on here and talk about how powerful it can be to absolutely freaking reject it um, and move towards the concept rather of body neutrality? Um, and this has been big for me because like anyone else ever, I want to be attractive. And there are certain things about my body that I cannot physically change. It doesn't matter how clean I'm eating. It doesn't matter how much I work out. My bone structure, my stretch marks, those kind of things. My God, my, my acne even is a constant battle. Like these are things that require medical intervention if I want them to go away. And it's been a big learning curve for me to remove the importance of the looks and to instead look at the function of my body and appreciate the function of my body regardless of what it looks like. And it's hard. It's really, really hard to get there. But learning to, to have that sense of not performative positivity about, you know, my, you know, extra spare tire is beautiful, my cellulite's beautiful, like maybe it's not. And that's totally okay because your worth and your ability to get up and live your life is not really being impacted by those things. So changing that mindset into looking at how your body or whatever it is, whatever the thing that you're struggling with actually serves you, even things like we talked about yesterday, like being depressed, how can you make that serve you can really make a big impact there. I really like that idea of neutrality and accepting that some things are neither good nor bad, right? And oftentimes our connection to those things and how we judge them can be influenced by family, society, etc. Certain things are deemed better than other things. And so we just have those attached to us by default. And I really like the idea of neutrality because then there's no pressure to try to force yourself to think something about those things that you don't actually think. You don't have to have the additional added burden of trying to change your mind about them. You just remove, remove the value statements tied to them, which is a pretty cool approach, I think. Um, so Trish had her hand up during that one. And then um, after you, Trish, we wanna go ahead and poke the rest of the uh, panelists this morning and see where are other struggles at. Good morning, Trish. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, oh my God, this topic, I can't even tell you how much I love this right now because 
Um, if you notice, I haven't been on the last couple of days. And part of that was this feeling of insignificance and not feeling just um, motivated. And, and I've noticed over the last several weeks that my mindset has been um, completely off and not positive and not productive and feeling low. And so uh, some of you know, maybe some of you know, I've been on this massive journey um, to just making myself feel better and look better. And it's been a struggle my whole life. But uh, recently, in the last 18 months, I've lost 100 pounds. And, uh, you know, it's been fantastic and great. And, and, you know, really, the energy went up, all the things that were supposed to happen happened. And then it stopped. And so the motivation to do anything kind of stopped with it. And then I know for me in January, like many people, you kind of get those January blues and things just don't work out well and the motivation drops and so on and so forth. Anyways, so when Matt was talking about, you know, how he's really self-conscious um, about his body and, and the things that are going on with him. And it was like, you know, it, it's so true for men as well as women that we just, we are constantly judging ourselves. So um, the one thing that I found over this last week that I've kind of disappeared a little bit was that I needed to change the narrative. I needed to change the story. I need to do something that is different than what I've been doing because I realized that this is a pattern every January, February, where I start feeling low and I don't feel great about myself. And I, you know, I struggle and I'm constantly judging who I am and how I'm doing. And, and so when we moved from our old city to this new city, you know, I have my gym membership, but I literally have not been in two years um, just because by the time we got here, settled in and then everything shut down. And what was really funny is that I thought, okay, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to turn on the Artist Forge and here you are talking about changes. So here I am for the first time in two years saying, I'm going to change the narrative. I'm going to change the idea that in January and February every year I'm going to be this sullen, depressed person and I'm going to start working out again and start getting those endorphins moving and start really thinking about what I am doing for me and for my body at the same time. And I feel like that that is a big thing. Like you need to change your narrative in order for there to be change. There can't be change if there's no change, right? So that's kind of where I'm at. And you know, Matt, as far as men's body positivity, body positivity, I actually know a bodybuilder who's a gold medalist and he is constantly putting himself down um, so men feel it just as much as the women do and sometimes I think even more so because the expectation is that you know you're tall strong handsome you've got all these things going on um, but it's a lot of work to maintain that on a day-to-day -day. so that's me thanks Trish and I just wanted to you know kind of respond to that in in saying and if you don't mind Trish would you mind going on mute there for a second. Thanks. Um, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that this is all about body positivity or I loved how Becca put it, body neutrality. For me, it just comes down to, this is something that continually pops up and I struggle with. And it's the pattern and the habit that really frustrates me. You guys know me at this point, I'm relatively confident, um, but it's just something that nags and nags and nags. So while I appreciate the meat bag that I'm in and all that it does for me, um, there are certain things that, you know, always hinder me by just lurking in the back of my brain. So anyway, it's more about for me, the patterns and habits that I keep repeating rather than the specific example of body image. And I hope that makes sense, but thank you for the kind words. I appreciate it. And I do wish men would speak more openly about it. So back to you, Nicole. I just wanted to say congratulations, Trish. That is amazing. That is an amazing thing that you have done for yourself. And uh, big, big kudos to you, Miss Lady. And also amazing taking that step forward for yourself. Like just going, you know what? I can change the narrative and boom. 
here you are this morning in the gym and here we are having this conversation. And if that's not a little bit of a universal serendipity, then I don't know what is. So keep at it, Miss Lady, you are amazing. All right, so Michelle has come up as well. Um, Michelle, let's hear from you. And then I'm gonna ask Becca, Bassam and Kat, if y'all have anything you wanna share about where our struggles are at right now. Good morning. Um, Good morning. This conversation is very um, close to my heart because I actually, as some women do, had to go through some surgery that put a lot of weight on me because of hormones. And um, I was a gym rat. I, I was down to size four. I'm little, I'm five four, all muscle. And my doctor still told me that I was uh, too heavy. I'm big boned and a lot of muscle. But I was okay with it because I was healthy. I had very little fat, mat, fat on me. And then I had to go through the surgery and I gained a lot of weight. Um, because of COVID, I couldn't go to the gym. So I became very squishy. Um, but I was okay with that. And um, a lot of weight being, now I'm up to a size 14. And usually, without being a gym rat, I'm around a 10 to a 12. But I was okay with that because I have a healthy body now. I can walk dogs for a living. I can play with, you know, children. I can play with pets. I'm healthy. Although my doctors don't think I am because I'm too fat. And um, they have came out, five different doctors have said, we recommend gastro bypass. I'm a size 14. I'm the average size of an American woman. And um, I fought them against that. I said, I'm, I don't feel that I need gastro bypass. And, uh, um, you know, it took me having to feel good about myself, realizing that as we get older, I'm going to be heavier and my body's changing and I'm not going to be that size force, you know, skinny mini with a lot of muscle anymore. But the American doctors are telling me, well, the insurance company says that you're too heavy. So you need to do gastro bypass. And, uh, that's a big problem in America, I think, because it's, I believe it's money, 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 because I've spoken to a lot of people who are size 12s that are saying, the doctors are saying, you should do gastro bypass. It's a surgery that can actually kill you. So I've, um, I haven't started it yet, but they put me on a medication that will, um, that will make my app suppress my appetite. I haven't done it yet. It's injections because I really don't like putting anything um, foreign in my body because I'm a little bit of a natural nut. Um, but just, just listening to you guys, I was, and I'm sorry, I'm a little nervous talking to you guys and I'm never nervous talking. Um, it's just listening to you guys saying, you know, I'm okay with my body and then, I'm not okay with my body because I've gained a little weight. Um, just know a lot of people out there that are accepting their bodies or being told by um, the, the medical profession that it's not okay anymore, that they need to lose some weight. And um, I, just, I guess just my struggle is not so much the body issue, um, but the accepting what my body was and now being told that I can't accept it anymore. Body positivity out the door um, because our medical profession is saying um, it's not okay anymore. They actually want me to be almost 85 pounds less, which I've never been since I've been 12. So I don't know. I think I kind of got off the route of talking about what we were talking about, but I hope I... Uh, I hope I got my point across about um, everything. Sorry. 
<laughs> no, don't apologize at all, Michelle. And it definitely seems like this, sorry for the cars, y'all. It definitely seems like this topic has touched a lot of people already this morning. And I think we can even extend what you were saying beyond, um, as Matt mentioned earlier, beyond just the, the, the feelings of how we are in our body to understanding that we have control of this narrative and the fact that you were able to put yourself in a space where you were comfortable and happy with yourself only had to have somebody else show up and say, no, that's not okay. I think a lot of us have experienced that in so many forms, whether um, we've had our family telling us it's not okay to be an artist, right? You're never going to make any money. You're never going to support yourself. And all of a sudden, this thing that we've learned to love has become an albatross around our neck or having other people, you know, just have their input in our lives that affects the way that we are able to feel about the things that make us happy or comfortable is something we really have to look at, not only from our own perspectives, but from how we do function as a society. So I think it's a really timely and important point you make that can extend out beyond, um, you know, what, what we're going on. Sorry, I'm walking the big hill and I got out of breath. It can extend beyond just the conversation around how we feel in our bodies and even out to these other habits that Matt's talking about, um, habits of thought and behavior. And as Trish was men mentioning, recognizing um, when we're starting to fall into those habits. And as we've said, nothing can change if nothing changes, which was a brilliant, a brilliant little piece of information. So I appreciate you sharing that. And um, clearly, that is a systemic thing that we need to look at as a country, but we can really take a lot of lessons from that on an individual level. So um, I know we've got some hands up, but I wanna I want kind of push this conversation to make sure we can include um, some other struggles as well, because Lord knows we've all dealt with this one. I think we can all identify. Um, and I, I wanna hear from you as well, Cicela, but first I'm gonna poke Becca Basam and Kat a little bit and ask, what are we struggling with, y'all? What are the struggles? What are some things we maybe can do to overcome them or you have done or if you want to ask for advice? All that stuff. Invitation extended. No coffee. That is the struggle. No fucking coffee. But really, like... <laughs> Kat's going to go Hulk and take apart the whole East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> um. One, I think it's interesting that that Becca brought up uh, body neutrality, um, and I and I think it has to do with with perspective. Um, like there is a thing, uh, there is such a thing as toxic positivity. Like when you're ignoring all of the things just for the sake of you know keeping that like smile forward thing. And I don't I don't think that's really where the the body positivity movement ever intended. Um, to, to go is into that toxic space. And it, it takes a level of understanding as people are, are trying to relearn how to love who they are in, in from meat bag to heart. You know, it, it's, it's a matter of appreciating everything that your body does for you. You know, when we talk about, you know, the spare tire and the stretch marks and all the things, like understanding like that was earned and that earning comes from a, a space of like carrying us around for 30, 40, 50, 70 years. And some, for some of us, you know, birthing children and for others, you know, just working a specific way um, that allows, you know, certain aspects of our bodies to be strong and other aspects of our bodies not so strong. But to understand that like everything that our bodies are is from choices that we have made and appreciating that those choices were made from a space of the best that you could do at the time and giving yourself a little fucking grace to know that it's okay to keep moving and it's okay to appreciate that extra like 20 pounds because it was protecting you from whatever or you know like insert thing here um so it, i like avoiding the the toxicity of it and just leaning into it as appreciation. Um, I'm doing this like AIP step down autoimmune protocol 
and I'm on my fourth week. And so I've eliminated grains and sugar and beans and legumes and like this fucking litany of shit. Uh, and this week is dairy and coffee. So I'm a little grumpy today. Uh, and it's because my body is now responding to something and I haven't determined what it is yet. Uh, and it's something I've been dealing with now for well, since the week of Christmas, where my entire body just breaks out in hives and it's a daily occurrence. Like I live on Benadryl and now tea. Uh, but I'm making the choice that hopefully I can get to the bottom of it so that I can stop having this histamine response on a daily basis for all of these things that I have enjoyed for 45 plus years now. Um, and I might feel like it isn't working because I'm grumpy and I want to eat a fucking sandwich. Um, but that doesn't mean that it isn't. It just means that the new choice that I'm making is just bringing up some bubbling up some things. Uh, but understand like that choice that you make doesn't mean that it's the end all be all right today. It's just the best that you can do at the time. Uh, and that's not, not working. It's just in motion. The contempt in your voice when you said tea was the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> tea. <laughs> um, I think that that's, that's such a great piece of wisdom, Kat. It really ties into that struggle that we all have with, you know, taking and changing some of these habits, some of these patterns, that we have been used to, like you said, for 45 plus years um, and, and making new choices. And the fact that we don't see those changes right away, we have to be okay with the fact that these are long-term. It took us 45 years to get here. It's gonna take us a while to get out of here. But um, I read something the other day that I thought was a really kind of powerful statement. And it was the only way out is through. We can't really turn around and go back because that's not a thing that can happen. We can't go to the side. We just have to put our head down and pull through to the other side. And um, it's, it's unfortunate that that's the truth. But that is, if that's the only way we have to go, then it's incumbent upon us to like gird our loins and pull out our sword and go watch out fuckers because I'm coming through. And if that's the only way through, I mean, that's where we're going, right? Through is always the end. Muscles makes me want to, I don't know what it is. And I'm just going to throw this out there, but I don't know what it is about somebody telling me something is hard. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if that's like my desire to run off into fantasy woodlands and be a hero who slays dragons or something, but if something is difficult or if only a few people can do it or whatever it is, I start to get this need to be one of those people. I don't know why. If you're like, you know what? It's going to be a struggle and it's going to be hard. I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> I don't know why, but I think sometimes we can kind of benefit from that a little bit and be honest with ourselves about the fact that no, this is not going to be easy, but it's necessary. And at the end of it, I mean, that's, that's the hero's journey in a nutshell, right? You just got called to do something hardcore and you're going to be standing there at the end of that journey, like sword in the air. I have the power. And there's something so deeply motivational in that to me. It is a lot better for my psyche to tell myself that than it is to be like, it's okay. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> nope. Tell me you just set me on the hard journey. And I'm I, about to go win. I think that's why CrossFit's so attractive to people because you know, like on the other side of that that workout, you're like, "Fuck yes, I did that. I'm gonna go die now." <laughs> that, that's always how how I feel after any session of high intensity interval training. I'm like, "Yep, dead, dead now. <laughs> Probably for the next 20 minutes, not alive anymore." Um, Okay, so I want to make sure that we have a chance to hear from everybody else. Um, Becca, Bassam, do you have anything you want to share before I grab um, Cicela and ask her to share her thoughts? Uh, sure. I, I have two things to share. One of them is related to the 
to body, but not necessarily body image as such. So one of the things that's not working for me, and it hasn't worked, I don't believe, ever, and I'm starting to wonder why, is uh, I eat well. I'm in, I look like I'm in shape. People compliment me and think I work out every day and I train every day. But I can't freaking stand training and exercise, and I have not found a way to motivate myself into it. And it's starting to show. I'm 59 years old. I'm turning 60 soon. And I can see my body going south. And what I mean by that is you, you start feeling things, uh, joints and, and, and aches and, and cardio, especially cardio. And what's not working is I cannot find a way to motivate myself into exercise knowing full well that I need it, right? I've gone through cancer and I still haven't been able to motivate myself to work out and exercise and be in better shape. Uh, so to me, it's getting to a point where it's, it's serious in the sense that I could see I'm not going to be able to do certain things much earlier than life that I would hope but I just can't find my way, a way to motivate myself. So that's one thing. The second thing that's not working more around the business and, and my mindset around the business is getting guilt, uh, my, my, had, let, letting guilt get in the way of my growth, right? I seem to be working from a, I, I'm coming from a place of guilt in how I approach things. And what I mean by guilt is I'm the type that doesn't like to impose on people, doesn't like to 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 to, to uh, upset somebody, especially around people that I care about, people around me. And my photography business running out of my home, I am often putting um, roadblocks to my growth by, by using guilt as an excuse. So I don't know if, I'm, if, if that's the best way to describe it. Right. Um, I don't want to impose on my wife and, and my daughter who are here and have too many shoots in the house. I don't want to impose on my wife that when she comes back from work, my shoot is not finished. I get a rush and finish the shoot. So I'm always putting these constraints on myself because I feel guilty because I'm imposing on others or I'm upsetting somebody. And 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 it's my perception. I mean, I've talked to them about it and they they say the opposite. They say, do what you need to do is not a problem. But somehow it's my Achilles heel and uh, it's just not working for me. And I got to find my way out of it. And that's, that's what I had to share. All right. So um, I think you, you may have an inkling of what I would say where the first thing is considered, which is you need to find a way of moving your body that's not exercise. <laughs> and what I mean by that is you don't exercise for the purpose of getting in shape. You exercise because the act of doing whatever you're doing is enjoyable. And that might be hiking, um, like just loving the outdoors, enjoying being in it. And then just that act of moving your body regularly, you're gonna see the benefits anyway, but that's not why you're doing it, which means that this nebulous idea of being healthy quote unquote is not the motivating factor it's just loving going for a walk um and that may not be the example that works for you for me it was climbing obviously um also hiking when we lived in colorado i hiked regularly all the time usually with a toddler on my back and his little backpack because that's the only way to get anywhere um but even here in the mornings this is my this is my motivation. So I walk with you guys. This is my three miles in the morning to get my day started off. And that's, I engineered this. <laughs> um, I engineered this as an excuse to get out and walk because I realized I felt better in the mornings and for the rest of the day, if I moved my body early on. And so it doesn't have to be this, it could be anything, but you just have to find a thing you really enjoy doing. The side effect is that you'll be healthier. But the real motivation is that it's something that serves you, that you love, makes you feel good, feel happy, um, whatever that is. So and if it were me, that's what I would be looking for. And then I want to open up the floor as well for the second thing. Um, as far as, you know, having guilt kind of be a, uh, a, a brick wall you're building for yourself that's stopping you. And I know you've mentioned a lot of times your comfort zone and... Um, that there are a lot of areas where other people might be like, hey, 
I'd like to grow beyond this. And you're like, but what if I'm just happy here? And is that okay? Um, so something to think about, but yeah, that would be my, my little bit of feedback for the, the health part is you just gotta find something you love doing just cause you love doing it and the health stuff follows. Yeah, and that therein lies the issue is that I haven't found anything I love doing enough to actually get because yes, I understand that the, the, the whole thing of like being active makes you healthier, but I and and that's fine and I need to do that, but it's even worse than that or further than that, and that I need to actually be in better shape also, not just not just you know taking walks and climbing and, and, and sorry not climbing but taking walks and. Uh, um, hiking and so on, I, I need to get my cardio up. And that's where it gets even worse in terms of motivation. But yeah, oh, I haven't yeah, found anything. I mean, I don't really enjoy the outdoors. I, I love the outdoors, but I don't enjoy them in a point to a point where I'm going to go and, and, and use that as my daily, uh, you know, movement uh, uh, activity. Uh, anyways, I don't want to spend too much. I just wanted to mention what what's on my mind. So I'll leave room for other people to to chime in. Yeah, absolutely. I do just want to point out, though, that 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 becomes that what you mentioned, the, the physical health and the cardio, those things become a side effect. They really, really do. Um, it just, like I said before, you know, like I, I didn't know climbing was going to be the thing until I tried it. So there is a certain amount that you have to be willing to put aside and just go give something a go because you really never know if that is going to be the thing. And even using, I mean, it's fine if the outdoors is not like a, a motivational factor for you. Maybe people are, and maybe you need a partner. And then what happens is you start walking and you have to walk at a good pace. And all of a sudden that's not enough to get your heart rate up anymore. So you put some weights on your ankles or a pack on your back. And then that just becomes part of your routine as well. And walking with the other person and talking with the other person becomes the motivation and the walking becomes the side effect. So there's so much out there um, potentially to try. It's really just a question. And the side effect will be better cardio and more muscle strength and all that stuff. But the beginning of it has to just be finding a thing. And there's a real world of possibility for movement that doesn't include, you know, the other, the other stuff that's, that's irritating. Um, so I just wanted to, to kind of put that out there. Well, and understand that like you need to get your cardio up. Like that doesn't mean you start by running a marathon, right? Like you start with the walking and then you'll find the longer that you do it and the more of a habit that you create with it, you'll want to do more. You'll start making different choices in other aspects of your life that allow you to maybe pick up to a jog or start weightlifting or, you know, and they can all feel like really outside of your scope because you know the end result is you've got to be getting better at cardio. Well, that might turn into, you know, barbell cycling or running or cycling or, you know, insert thing here, but it has to start somewhere. My yeah, uh, the, 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 the motivation has to be something else than the actual act is what I'm hearing from all of you. And then taking that step will, like I've always preached here, take that first step and then the second step will clarify itself and take the second and the third one will clarify. You're preaching to me what I preach to others and there's the disconnect is why can I not just do it? <laughs> I feel that with like so much, yeah. Okay, so if, if you know that you have to have a goal in mind to, to have that motivation, um, can you make a commitment that you have to reach that involves an activity? And again, that, that idea of like looking at body function, right? So I was, I was a competitive runner and I used to do a ton of backpacking. And so I had to do a lot of pretty hardcore training to get my body to the point it needed to be at to reach those goals. And it wasn't like I enjoyed going on training hikes with a 70 pound backpack on just so I was strong enough to eventually go somewhere that I wanted to go. But it was a necessary step that I was committed to within a group of other people. So I had that sense of accountability. Like I had to go through the process, even if it wasn't always all that enjoyable to reach that particular end goal. So if you did something like say, sign up for a marathon with a friend or your wife or your daughter or, you know, whatever, you're accountable now. You have to reach that point you have to do that thing and so the training then becomes a necessary if uncomfortable and not always fun but it can be fun step to get there just a thought yeah that, no thanks for that that that's one approach that uh, i didn't think about so 
So for that. Boom, loving this. Okay, I want to make sure that we have a chance to hear from Cicela and Erica. Um, so Cicela. I just, I just need to drop off in about four minutes, so I just want to say goodbye to everybody, but I, I'm, I'm curious to listen for the next four minutes. Thanks. All right, thanks, Bassam. Um, Cicela, let's hear from you. Real quick, Bassam, I highly recommend getting a personal trainer because I, I don't particularly have never particularly enjoyed going to the gym. Uh, I now work out because I know that I want to live a long, healthy life and I want my body to be able to carry me through that life. So I pay a shit ton of money for to have someone to have a babysitter basically making sure that I get my freaking butt to the gym and then she will kick my butt while I'm at the gym. And that helps. And I'm beginning to enjoy the holy wow out of it. It's actually pretty freaking invigorating, especially when you do weightlifting because the, the dopamine that hits your brain is like crack. Um, it feels really good. So there was, <laughs> so, so yeah, I highly recommend doing that. It might feel like an unnecessary expense and why should we spend so much money on ourselves? Um, and there comes the guilt for me as well, especially. I do not deserve to spend that much money on myself. And now we are at the center of what I want to talk about. Um, because I think this conversation ties into so many things. Like, yeah, the overall scope of this conversation have been health, have been body issues. Um, but I think there is a lot of guilt in it. There is a lot of, why can't I just do the thing? There's a lot of um, shaming, shame around who we are, how we carry ourselves, what we do to harm ourselves. And that can be translated into a lot of different things in our businesses, in our daily lives. Why can't I just do the thing that I know I need to do in order to make my business go to the next level? Why can't I just get out of my comfort zone and do that thing that I know will propel me to that next beautiful level? Um, it, it's hard, man. Like for, for the body issue part, I, I, since I was 14, I was, I was on diets. Like I've always been a big girl, except for now I look at my, my uh, pictures of myself at 14 and I'm like, oh my God, you're freaking perfect. I don't know if any of you have had that feeling where you look at an old picture of yourself and you're like, why was I so hateful towards myself? I was perfect. Yeah, I've done that so many times I cannot even count. Um, and I was bullied for my size. I was stupid, fat and ugly. I know I wasn't stupid. I could observe that with my brain, but I believed what everyone else was telling me. And then I became a model, like an actual professional model that earned money because I looked the way I looked and that was very odd. Um, and I think in my mid-20s, I made peace with my body. I stopped dieting. I, I stopped fueling that self-hatred that a lot of it came with like that hate of of oh you're not good enough look at that look at those roles they're so ugly they you're not supposed to look like that you're supposed to look like those people on instagram um uh, i don't think instagram was a big thing at that time i'm not sure <laughs> but like you, you guys know what i mean i think um for me releasing that shame around my body and i still struggle with it it's not a done deal it, it's a continuous thing nothing is a done deal i suspect um we always have to do the work just because you've done the work once doesn't mean you have you have to stop doing the work it is a continuous process and it causes a lot of pain but pain is growth um and for me releasing that hatred and that shame around my body was such a heavy load that just lifted. Now I made I made the decision to work out, not so much for for the looks. I mean, I will say I'm 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 loving the the visual ben benefits of working out, but I work out for my health. I work out to be healthier, be stronger. Then the side effect of that, if it's weight loss, great, wonderful. Um, if it's a tighter, fitter body, wonderful, that's great as well. Because let's be real, I am shallow. I want to look good. But first and foremost, I want to go there and I want to exercise my body. And I'm finding that the biggest benefit is my brain. My brain is loving the feeling of that meditative state you get in when you are pushing yourself to the limits. And then afterwards going into a big deep stretching session and it's meditation. The benefits of my mental health 
as becoming the main thing. Um, yeah. So I know it was a little bit of a, a, a mixed match of everything, but I think honestly that all of this ties together, like whether you're feeling shame around not being able to do that thing or whether you feel shame around your body, I think it's important to give ourselves some grace, like, and then wake up the next day and say, okay, what can I do? What is one tiny step that I can do to make a change? Whether it's today I'm going to look myself in the mirror and I'm going to look at those roles and I'm going to look at those things that I don't particularly like and I'm going to embrace them and I'm going to love them. Not because they're necessarily beautiful. They don't have to be, but because they're part of me. And as Kat very beautifully said, they have carried me. They are the marks of a life that have been lived. Thank you. Oh, I just had so many feelings, Cicela. And there's something that you mentioned that I, I want to make sure that I touch on before we close, but I want to make sure Erica has some chances to share as well. Um, I saw hands, guys. I'm so sorry. We're right up to the hour and I would have loved to bring you up, but we're just crunched for time now. So um, unfortunately, we're just going to stick with who, who is up here for now. But please, if you have thoughts, um, share those in the Facebook group. Let's continue that conversation there. And then I want to invite Erica to share, and then I'm going to kind of close things down and want to touch on something Cicela mentioned. Hey, I'll be as brief as possible. Um, I, I think so many people have said so many great things. I agree with everything. Um, I think for me, um, you know, I was noticing my health decline uh, a few years ago, my, you know, just awful, awful migraines and, and, all sorts of issues and um, come to find out um, gluten intolerant, uh, chocolate causes the migraines, alcohol causes the migraines. So, you know, imagine going into COVID, not being able to eat any of those things. It was great. Um, but the thing that helps me when I'm resisting those things or the motivation that gets me on the treadmill and um, to do the things that are better for me is that when I don't do those things, it is keeping me from doing the things that I love or that I am put on this earth to do. And, you know, I think that ties into everything that everybody is talking about here. You know, um, you can't pour from an empty cup and you can't, you know, you can't make art when your mind and body are crushed. And so, Treating yourself the best you can and making yourself as healthy as you can will only help you to do all the things you love. And, and that is my basic point is that helps motivate me. That and habit stacking, uh, if Bassam's listening again, um, that helps motivate me to get me to do the things that I don't necessarily want to do, but I know it's necessary. There was so much good stuff today, y'all. Um, and. Uh, I want to thank Matt for bringing up the topic because clearly it was something people needed to hear and needed to talk about and needed to connect to. So um, I, I appreciate that. And I want to make sure that we can extend the, the principles, understand that these principles extend way beyond our physical bodies and how we feel in them into all of the other things we do to our art, to our business. Um, because of course, our physical body is what carries us around to do those things, but also those principles are universal. And Cicela mentioned something that I think we all have felt, and it is, why can't I? I should just be able to, right? We, I don't know if this idea comes from us having seen other people do it, and so we make the assumption that because this person seems to be able to do this thing, it should be easy for the rest of us. We need to break that down a little bit because when you see somebody killing it in their business and they're super organized and they're doing all of these things, we look at that and we go, well, if they can do it, I should be able to do it. And we're making some assumptions about those people and the way that they behave that don't actually have any basis in truth. Because we don't know, number one, whether or not that's just something that they've been suited for by the life that they lived up until that point. I 
have no compulsion to gamble in any way at all. The entire rest of my family, they love to gamble. They will go hang out at the casino together for days. I don't have whatever it is that makes people enjoy the act of gambling. It just doesn't exist in me, which means I would be a terrible example to use for somebody who does enjoy it and thinks I should just be able to walk away from this and then look at me and say, well, Nicole can't, you know, she doesn't do it. She doesn't seem to have any problems. Why do I have problems? Well, I don't have the thing that makes people enjoy that. And so when we struggle with something and we look at those people around us who don't seem to have that problem, we're making the assumption that they have the same problems we do, but they just can walk away from them. And if they can, why can't we? And shame can't be there if other people aren't around to compare ourselves with. Because if there was nobody there ever to tell you that you were naked, you would be fine with no clothing, right? And so part of the issue that we struggle with in this arena comes from the fact that we are making these assumptions about other people and then extrapolating that back to ourselves. Well, they can do it. I shouldn't be struggling here. And it's this idea of should. Who ever said that? Like, who made that a reality? Where does should even come from? I should enjoy exercising. I know this is right for me, so I should be able to do it. How come I can't just do the thing I know that is good for me? Because you are a person, a complicated human being who has been suited for some things by environment and upbringing and genetics and epigenetics and not suited for other things by environment and upbringing and genetics and epigenetics and personality and all of that other stuff comes together to make a person who finds it easier to do some things and harder to do other things. And sometimes that just comes down to exactly what Cicela said, which is letting go of that shame. It's okay for me to admit that I default toward being a disorganized mess. I know some people don't want to hear that because in their heads, they think that I'm very organized and they treasured that idea <laughs> that I can do things because I'm organized and that's not the case. I try really hard at it. I'm not very good at, not very good at it. It is the constant struggle of, of my business life to be organized. Um, but I am not. You would believe this if you ever saw my bedroom. I really am a wizard in a tower. It's okay, and that's okay. It's okay that I am not suited to be the best organized person who is, you know, scheduled everything out and is, is wonderful at that. There's no should there. I don't have to should be that person. I just have to find the ways that work for me. And I have to find my own path toward that stuff, and that's okay. I am never going to enjoy running. I was in the army. I tried it. I hate it. I just don't like it. I like the endorphins at the end of it, but I can get those in other ways. So I need to go find the ways that work for me to do that. I'm not going to go try to be a runner. I will default back to other things as soon as you give me the chance. So I need to find the things and the paths and the way forward that I love, that serve me, that make me feel good and not try to fit myself into a box of should that seems to work for other people because that is a lie that we're telling ourselves and maybe some of it has to do with the fact that we're social animals but in either case we have if we're ever going to make this work for ourselves and get over a lot of these hurdles that we have we have to stop comparing ourselves and feeling shame around things that should not have shame attached to them i don't need to be ashamed of the fact that i am compulsively messy because there's nothing inherently wrong with that other than the fact that society tells us we should be beautifully organized we don't have to be there isn't an actual rule there so hopefully maybe changing our mindsets a little bit and recognizing that should isn't a real thing unless should equals a decision I absolutely must make right now for the sake of, you know, something crazy, then you should make that decision. But should making it still can mean that you make it in a way and a path that works best for you. It doesn't have to be the path that works for other people. I've blathered now for a lot of minutes, so I'm going to stop. But hopefully that helps a little bit. 
Um, I really appreciate everybody who was willing to share today, share your experiences, share your struggles, because understanding that we're not alone, understanding that each of us have a unique journey that we're on, and that hearing from other people and understanding the way that they've been able to move forward can give us hints about what will work for us or what might work for us or what we can try. And if they don't work, that's okay. It just means that there's another path out there for you to take. And if they do work, then in a way we have an obligation like to do what we've done for the past couple of days and share those things because somebody out there may be enough like us that our path is something they can mirror and it might work for them. And that's why there's so many of us here, right? There's a bunch of people in the Artist Forge. And if one person's path is not similar enough that it's going to work for us, probably somebody else has some way forward that they can give us a hint on that we can take and try and see if that'll be the thing. So community is a great way. And I know that that might seem, I just said, you know, there's no should, and yet also we should. Welcome to being a human being <laughs> with all of the contradictions. It's a weird world, y'all, but we got this, especially if we're doing it all together. So again, thanks everybody. You all are wonderful humans. I'm so grateful to be here with you in the morning. And I'm glad I was able to engineer y'all as my motivation <laughs> in the morning to be out and moving um, because having you guys here in the mornings and getting me up and motivated and moving it's a big deal for me. So I appreciate you. I hope everybody will join us tomorrow morning for morning walk um, at 7am Mountain Standard Time That's 6am for the West Coast and 9am for the East Coast. If you have anything else about this conversation you want to share, please bring that to the Facebook group. Um, let's continue that conversation there. In the meantime, go make something amazing. And we'll see you all tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks again for listening to this live Clubhouse discussion moderated by all of us at The Artist Forge. We hope you found the information useful and that it helps you gain a little bit of insight as to how you work on your craft. For more episodes, please join us each weekday on Clubhouse or visit theartistforge.com. Now go make something incredible.